0: 2015, I was running a half Ironman with my father-in-law. Now, in a half Ironman, you swim 1.2 miles, you bike 56 miles, and then you get to have a lovely 13.1-mile run afterwards. I was in Panama City Beach, Florida, uh, just having the time of my life, and about six or seven miles into the run, I was in pain. And as I was in pain, I... Uh, I just started kind of talking to the Lord about it. And I was like, God, this hurts. Like, could you, could you make it so that my legs don't hurt anymore when I'm running? And I'm not talking like I didn't have like stabbing pain in my knee like I was doing damage. It was just like the, I've been exercising for five hours straight and this hurts. And I felt like the Lord said to me, Bill, you're doing this because it's hard. And that's what's going to make it good. Like, would these things even be enjoyable if they weren't hard for you? And all of a sudden, this thing happened in my mind, and I reinterpreted that pain that was going on as, you know what, this is part of the journey that I've chosen, and this pain is going to make it feel even better when I cross the finish line. I'm Bill Swan, and I am here today with a good friend of mine, Ashley Powell. And we want to talk to you guys about pain and suffering and its role in the Christian life. Uh, I have had the joy of working with Ashley now for how long has it been, Ashley? Five years? Six years? Yep, close to it. Yeah, coming up on six, I guess. And uh, Ashley is somebody that I have come to know and love very deeply, and, and I've really appreciated her journey. We've had a lot of conversations about pain and brokenness and how it causes us to grow and go some places with the Lord that, that nothing else does. And so uh, when I was thinking about this podcast and what we'd like to cover and who I would like to have speak into it, I could think of no better person than Ashley to have joined me. So Ashley, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks, Bill. So Ashley, you, you actually reached out to me about uh, doing a podcast about pain and brokenness and suffering. Uh, why is that something that you are passionate about?
1: Yeah, Bill, great question. Um, I think ultimately what I hear the Father saying is, I have a heart about brokenness and about pain and suffering, and I want my kids to know where I land with that. Um, and so as I've been thinking and praying about, about what God thinks about this, I realize that a lot of times coming onto the race or experiencing um, deep pain or brokenness in our own lives, we can sometimes have a, a misunderstanding of what pain and suffering and brokenness are about. And to me, if you're going to engage with the Lord, if you're going to go on a journey, if you want to know more of his heart, you are always going to, we are always going to run up against pain and suffering and brokenness. Because those are aspects of things that he teaches us with, and those are things that he gets up in the middle of and has experienced himself. And so I love the idea of being able to sit down and actually talk about maybe what is the biblical foundation behind these things in our life that we kind of want to push aside and say, man, I don't want pain. I don't want brokenness. I don't want suffering. Um, And have a conversation about what the heart of the father is towards those things and what we can choose to do when faced with those things instead.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's extremely relevant in our day and age because uh, there is this cultural understanding of pain is a bad thing. And there's, there's so much around us that's actually meant to protect us from pain And to help us numb out pain when it comes. And so it's almost like the message that we have from culture and in our minds and in our spirits is like pain is bad. So if pain happens, do whatever you have to to get rid of it. And so you look at even our culture. We have like the biggest problem with addiction to painkillers that has ever happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have all these things like so we have painkillers. We have avoidance of pain. We have avoidance of suffering. And then also what, what tends to happen inside of us is like when pain comes, we think it's wrong, and then we start looking for somebody to blame because somebody is making this bad thing happen to me. And so it's not just how do I get rid of it, but also whose fault is this? Mm-hmm. And well, that's well, that seems extremely relevant now. I actually think like that's part of human nature. That's kind of always been there, um, unless people have something wrong with them. Nobody really looks forward to pain, right? So. Uh, It is, we have this thing in scripture and really in the kingdom of God where he's constantly calling us into things that are counter-cultural, but they're also counter our flesh. They're counter the things that that come naturally to us, right? Um, So as you've kind of walked this journey with pain and with the Lord of, of understanding what is his heart in the midst of this, what have been some things that have been really instrumental in you realizing that, or were some conclusions that you've come to?
1: Yeah, for sure. So last year, Bill, you might know this because we walk closely together, but last year was a really challenging year for me um, in a very spiritual and emotional sense. And as I, as I was kind of walking through life and encountering things that were creating a great deal of pain in my life, I I did what I used to do, what I what the the former Ashley, my old self used to do, which was I just I just ran from the pain. I pretended like it didn't matter. I didn't want to face it. I didn't understand why God would put this in my life. I blamed him. I blamed myself. I felt shame. And one I had a I had a couple couple people in my life who ended up really pushing me in and saying, Ashley, if you want to encounter the Lord, you get to encounter your pain. And What happened was I started to develop this plan or this thing that started to happen, which was on Saturdays, I always found myself talking with the Lord for an extended period of time. And I didn't really ever want to go up. I would go up to my room, close the door, and begin to sit with Him. And one of the things that I noticed that when I started to sit with the Lord was that He really wanted to know me. And He really wanted me to know myself. And there was this element of when I was sitting with him, he would ask me to encounter my emotions. And I remember thinking, Lord, you've got to have a better plan in mind than asking me to deal with my emotions. I'm in pain. Don't you think we should deal with what's causing the pain? And he just quietly, gently, and firmly, in the way that he does, started to ask me to to purge my emotions. So I would just sit there and cry, or I would journal out my anger, or... I would grieve or I would feel a deep sense of loneliness. And it was in that place as I started to let those emotions come out at the heart and at the feet of Jesus where I began to receive a release and a healing from the very things um, that I had perceived as my problem. I knew I was in pain, but I also had no understanding that my pain was indicating that I was grieving. My pain was indicating that I was lonely. My pain was indicating that I was sad and that I was angry. And the way that the Lord chose to deal with me in that season and to address my brokenness was by asking me to be broken, to be broken without parameters, to be broken without excuses, to be broken without enabling myself to say, oh, no, 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 no. I can just move past that. It's not that sad. There are Other things happening to people, that's far worse. But instead he said, Ash, are you grieving? Are you sad? Experience that loss. The only way to walk through or around or the only way to get rid of your pain is to engage with it. We don't let our pain identify us, right? I I didn't sit in that season and say, I am a lonely person. I experienced loneliness. And when I experienced that and accepted it, I was able to say, holy cow, I have a father who's sitting with me in my loneliness. And it was it was kind of in that place where that wrestle occurred where, okay, Lord, I'm going to encounter these things that I don't want to. I'm in pain. And at the same time, I was able to understand what was going on and, and hear the Father. So, Bill, to kind of answer your question, I think what I've learned is that my pain is an indicator the Lord is attempting to do something. And instead of asking why am I in this pain, the better question I feel like He's asking me to ask myself is, what is my pain trying to tell you, tell me what's, what's off? What is the Lord actually asking me into that for some reason I may be resistant to?
0: Yeah, that's good. And I'm, I'm going to resist chasing a rabbit trail here because I feel like that's a really good commentary, even on the role of emotions in our lives. Like God gave us emotions. They're not bad, but God did not give us emotions to make decisions with. I don't think. Um, they're like indicators that something's going on inside of us, right? So they help us understand what our values are when something's been violated or something like that, but we don't just make decisions based on an emotion that we're feeling. But if we don't pay attention to those emotions, we don't actually know what's going inside of us. We don't know what's important to us, right? And so it's one of those, like, don't dismiss it, but it's, it's almost like that's a stop sign where you stop and you say, like, all right, what is actually going on inside of me right now? So... That's maybe another day, maybe another podcast. But there is is this beautiful thing of like, all right, there's pain. Let's stop and assess what the pain is and what's going on. Because I think it's really important to differentiate between good and healthy pain and bad pain. As a good friend and mentor of mine once told me, uh, she said, sometimes stupid hurts. And she said, you know, sometimes you're in pain because you're making dumb choices in your life. And you need to stop. And the pain is actually an indicator of like, Hey, stop doing the dumb thing. And kind of, kind of back to even my analogy about the half Ironman. Um, I've done enough endurance sports that I know what good pain is and I know what bad pain is. And like, there's a pain and a soreness that comes with, I am stretching my body to its limits. And there is a bad pain of like, there is something wrong. I've torn a ligament. I've blown out my ACL. I've like you know, and you don't want to just keep running through that or I have a stress fracture in my foot. And It's like you keep running and you're going to have a worse stress fracture. And so, like, there is this differentiation where we figure out, like, no, this is a good pain that's part of, that's part of life and that's part of growth versus, wait, this pain is actually there because I am living in maybe disobedience or rebellion or I'm choosing bitterness or things like that. And, and there's pain that we introduce into our life just because of bad choices. And so I think it's important to stop and actually ask questions in the midst of pain of, is this good pain that I get to learn from? Or is this bad pain that I get to stop inflicting on myself or things will just keep getting worse?
1: Right. And I think, Bill, when you're talking about good and bad pain, you have to, while you're in pain, right? So if Bill's running his, his half Ironman at the end, he has to engage with him himself and say, this is good pain, <clears throat> this is bad pain. But Bill, you introduced me to triathlons. And in my last half Ironman, my first one, but my last one, there was this point in my run that I also decided that I was in a lot of pain. And I remember stopping on mile three of 13 and saying, I'm in pain. Is this good pain or bad pain? And at that point, I wasn't in the best spot to actually determine that. And I began to focus on my pain. So all of a sudden... I started to think you know what I'm in pain I've biked and I've swam I'm, I'm 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 50 miles into this race and I'm in pain and I don't I don't want pain anymore I'm done with pain and I began to think like okay well so what am I going to do about this pain and then all of a sudden it was just this kind of this shame spiral of I don't want to be in pain I can't believe that I led myself here Why in the world, God, did I sign up for this race? And the reality is, was that I had actually chosen it. I had trained for it. I had spent four to six months enduring pain for this race. And instead of focusing on the end of my race, instead of focusing on the joy of crossing the finish line and achieving something that had been a dream of mine, I focused on my pain and actually lost myself in that pain. And so I think it's important as we talk about good and bad pain to, to wrestle out. If I'm experiencing bad pain, it's, it's good to stop. It's good to evaluate. It's good to understand what's going on. But if I'm experiencing good pain, it's good to get my focus off my pain and understand what my pain is indicating for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, there is, I'm going to give a little bit of a shout out. There is an incredible podcast out there called invisibilia and, uh, they recently, just on March 8th, actually, uh, they released a podcast called The Fifth Vital Sign. If this stuff is hitting you or connecting with you, I highly encourage you to go listen to it. And um, they, they were covering this very thing, and they actually took a scientific perspective of it, that um, there are people who've had injuries or things happen in their lives, and when they focus on the pain, it, it almost becomes completely debilitating, and they start feeling pain when there's not actually anything physically wrong with them. Wow. And it's almost like this thing that you fixate on and focus on, it will completely overwhelm everything. And so when we just start to think of ourselves as um, these broken and fragile people, um, we constantly feel like we're in pain. And we constantly feel like we need to protect ourselves. And um, I, I don't think that that's an insignificant role in the significant rise of mental illness that we've seen in our culture. People are being trained to think that they're fragile and everything is going to have a negative or a traumatizing impact on them. And and so like anytime they experience pain, they're afraid that the pain is going to overwhelm them and they focus on it and and it just completely overwhelms them to the point where um, honestly people are becoming really weak and lacking resilience and the ability to push through pain because they're so focused on it instead of focusing on, uh, wait... Who am I called to be? What's the contribution I need to make? Um, Or maybe for me, it's like, I am a father of three. And whether I feel like going to work or not, whether I am in pain, I need to provide for my family. So I will think about my family and the fact that I love them and I will get myself out of bed and I will go and do my work, regardless of how I feel. Right? But when we just focus on, I am in so much pain and I am so broken, we can lose ourselves in the midst of that and stay there. Listen to that podcast. It is brilliant. I'll actually give you a little bit of a preview. Um, this, this girl who experienced this debilitating pain, uh, she went to this crazy treatment center. And instead of giving her just a bunch of pain medication or treatment, they actually gave her a physical trainer who pushed her to the end of her physical ability and kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And when they kept pushing, they didn't ask about pain. And they almost made it this thing where they didn't talk about pain there. They talked about what emotion are you feeling? And like they they were getting people to get out of this cycle of being continually focused on pain and learning to start living again. And that's something that we actually want to see happen on the world race is we want to see people experience some healthy and redemptive pain because it actually teaches us about ourselves, It teaches us how to suffer. It teaches us how to um, push through hard things and get to the other side of it. Um, as believers, um, suffering is actually not even just about pain. It's not just about growth. Um, it actually talks a lot in scripture about the fact that suffering is part of our relationship with Jesus. And it's part of how we get to know him. Uh, there's a couple of passages I want to talk about real quick. There's one in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 29. It says, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. In Romans chapter 8, uh, I love this passage. A lot of people love this passage. And, and, and we have a great ability to like ignore the back half, back half of passages that we really like. So it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our Spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and co heirs with Christ. And a lot of times people will kind of stop there and it's like, yeah, we're heirs like we get to inherit everything that Jesus gets we have the full rights of being children of God but at the end of that verse it says if it's a conditional statement we are heirs of God and coerce with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory in this kingdom that God's setting up it's like we don't we don't just get the good stuff we don't get All the joy and all the blessing and all the, uh, we don't don't get the resurrection life. The, The last one, Philippians chapter three, Paul's talking and he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And ultimately, we don't get resurrection without first experiencing death we don't get to be heirs we're not true legitimate children of god if we're not willing to go through the suffering that he puts in front of us the kind of suffering that christ did and and like i don't think that necessarily means and i know it doesn't mean for all of us that we're going to die a horrific physical death on a cross but when i look at the actual sufferings of christ on the earth the other ones i mean he experienced betrayal he experienced rejection he experienced like all of these things and he was talked about negatively and he was misunderstood and his friends left him and, and and then he was beaten and killed by the very people that he came to express his love to and then he tells us to go and suffer like him and like that's just i feel like that's something that's so missing from our understanding and instead we almost have this version of christianity over here that talks about like Hey, love people, but make sure it doesn't cost you anything and make sure it doesn't like interfere with your family and make sure it doesn't. And it's like, follow Jesus and love people, but avoid pain. And it's completely incongruent with the picture that God is painting in scripture of what it looks like to follow him. Um, want to see us as a culture and, and as a generation get back to a place where we realize like hard things are good things and pain can be good and if we don't walk through the pain we will never get to the place that we want to be and if we just emphasize happiness and avoidance of pain we'll never get true joy we'll never get true connection and we'll actually never live up to calling of being the body of Christ on this earth.
1: That's really good, Bill.
0: Um. So as you've as you've actually, and I've seen you do it. I've seen you walk through pain and actually face it. What are what are some of those like really big lessons? What would you want racers to kind of start this journey with an understanding up in their mind?
1: Yeah. Great question. So, last night I was sitting down with the Lord and I was actually going through something that has come up in my life, just a really large challenge for me. And as I was sitting down <clears throat> talking with the Lord about it, I was like, "Lord, I'm I'm scared. I'm scared of what I'm about to walk through. I'm scared of what it means. I'm scared of what it means for my future. I don't want to be in pain again." I I just, I, I want to resist this. I, I don't want to lose control. I, I want things to be secure and safe and nice. And graciously, I think, maybe the Lord laughed a little, I don't know. He said, Ash, I'm here with you. I know what you are experiencing. I I have actually come to earth and lived a life where I've encountered deep pain and brokenness. He said, I'm with you. And I'm, I'm a little all the time blown away by the concept of Emmanuel, of God with us. Because when I think about it at work, Bill, right, we work together. Um, I work with the admissions <clears throat> manager a lot. And I've always loved working closely with people. I love working closely with people on teams. I love playing basketball. I love playing volleyball. I love the idea of being able to do something really challenging and having having someone by my side. I think that's part of the reason that I got married, especially to the guy that I got married to because there's I know that I can go through anything in life with him by my side. And I know when I'm sitting in front of the Lord like I was last night that I can do anything because I have I have a I have a savior, he's my he's my brother, like I'm a co-heir with Christ. My brother Jesus, even though he's my Lord and King, has encountered the pain that I've walked through. I'm a part of a team. I'm a part of, of encountering Jesus, of, of God the Father, of Holy Spirit. I'm on their team. And it's because of that team nature that I can get through it. If I'm on a, a really bad basketball team, well, at least we're losing together. <laughs> Bill, every time we play sand volleyball together, we end up losing but it is way too much fun in the process because we get, to, we get to make mad moves and cream other people and be sore and tired. And at the end of the day, I love being sun-soaked. Um, and knowing that I've worked really hard. When I've worked with the admissions manager, it's, it's so good knowing that if you're in a rut, you have someone with you. And I think that's in my world. When I encounter pain, sometimes I lose my vision. I lose, I lose the concept to see the finish line. I I, I, I can get stuck in feeling that bad pain and then, and then kind of self-soothing with pity. And I think what Jesus so often does is he comes in and he says, Hey, I'm a part of your pain. I'm in your brokenness. I've felt this stuff. You're not alone, Ash. And it's from that place that I can actually stand up, step out of the victim circle, and say, Father, if, if pain is part of my season, I'll do it. And I will offer a sacrifice to you in it. I will choose to offer you my joy. I will choose to see beyond my pain. I will choose to look beyond my brokenness and know that that's what qualifies me. At the end of the day, that's what I found in brokenness, Bill. Mm -hmm. It's that when I'm more broken, when I am humbled, when I feel fear and can acknowledge it before my Lord and, and, and release it, it's in that place that he wants to work with me. I mean, the beatitudes weren't suggestions. He said you're blessed in spirit if you're if you're if you're meek. He said blessed are those who are actually meek because they will inherit the kingdom of God. Like the concept of brokenness and pain in the in the gospel and in the Bible is is all over the place. The people who follow the Lord encounter tragedy all the time. And I don't think it's a promise, but he does say that we're, we're here on earth. And while we're here, we're going to encounter troubles. Mm-hmm. But it's because he's been here. It's because we have a relationship with him. It's because we have a relationship with each other that we can actually move on. And so I think when I think practically to my race, man, I wish I had been able to sit with my team and just be like, you know what? You are giving me feedback I don't want to hear. You are frustrating me. You are annoying me. And it's in that place that I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna grow, I'm gonna learn from my pain. I'm not gonna resist you. I'm not gonna become offendable. Instead, I'm gonna sit here and say, Pain, what are you showing me? What in me needs to get addressed right now? And Bother, will you have will you have mercy and will you just graciously take me through the lesson? I think brokenness is supposed to become our teacher, not our opponent. Yeah.
0: That's that's such a that's such a great perspective. I, I thought about uh, if I can get weird with everybody here. Uh So, we have three kids. Um, We did home births with all three of them. Wow. Yeah, that makes everybody comfortable when you start talking about having kids in your bedroom. Um, But I remember the first time I was there with the midwife and um, it was, we were at the point where, well, we, my wife was at the point. I was like the water boy at the time. Like, you need some water? Okay. Uh, But we're at the point of pushing, right? So, this is like the end of the labor process. And I remember the, the midwife coaching Katie, Katie's my wife, and saying, okay, when, when a contraction comes, don't fight against it. And contractions are the really painful part of giving birth. But what's happening is the contraction is painful, but, but your muscles are contracting and they're actually pushing the baby out. And it's like, the, it's painful, but it's more painful If you fight against it, so like if you clench your muscles and you fight against the contraction and try to make it go away, eventually it'll go away, but then it'll hurt more and it also won't accomplish its purpose. It won't push the baby out and then labor lasts longer. So it's almost like it's crazy, but they tell you to try to relax and just like relax the rest of your body and let the contraction do its work. And my wife did a beautiful job of that. When she was actually going through contractions at one point, she had this relaxation method she was using. And me and the midwife thought my wife was asleep because she was laying there so peacefully. But she was actually in the midst of a contraction where sometimes on the TV and movies, you'll see women like screaming and cussing and slapping their husbands and stuff like that. My wife looked like she was asleep. And what she was doing was relaxing and letting, letting the contraction do its work. Um a very good friend and mentor of mine, his name's Rob Reamer. He has talked to me a lot about pain. Um, And I remember at one point he told me, you know, sometimes we, we ask God for something and we have these things we want from him. We might want more intimacy. We want more of him. We might want more more spiritual gifts or we might want to go like to the next level of our relationship with the Lord or we're asking for growth and then pain comes into our life. And instead of recognizing that walking through that pain is the thing that will actually get us to the place we want to go and will give us the thing we've been asking for, we start praying and asking God to take away the pain. And it's like, if he took away the pain, we wouldn't get that thing we really want. And that shifted my perspective so much. And instead of asking God, um... God, why, why are you letting me go through this? Please take it away. It's like, all right, God, I'm going through pain. How do you want me to suffer through this? And what do you want to teach me in the midst of it? And it's almost like having our wits about us enough to pay attention and keep walking through the pain and understanding, like, what's on the other side of this? And God, th- this is a very fundamental thing. We have to get to a place of fully believing that God is a good father who loves us. And if we believe that, then we can actually say with conviction to ourselves and to him, like, God, I know that you're good. I know that you will see me through to the other side of this. How do I walk through this well? How do I suffer well instead of trying to escape that pain? All right, Ash, maybe one last question for you. Maybe, maybe two. Um, Tell me some things that have been birthed in you because you actually chose to engage with pain and walk through it instead of running away from
1: it. Well, Bill, I think it's a really easy answer. I'm becoming the person that I, I have craved to be my entire life. I, I remember growing up, I always really, not idolized. I was just a big fan of people who, in the face of tragedy and adversity, approached it and said, Lord, you do whatever you want. This is not obviously the most ideal situation, but I will lean into it and I will grow. And I remember thinking that those people were so insane, that in the face of some of the worst tragedies that I've ever heard of, they were saying, the Lord is good, the Lord is faithful, I'll follow him wherever he goes, this is going to this tragedy is going to actually lead me into fullness with god like i remember thinking those people were insane because when i encounter pain you know if i go on a run and i'm encountering pain i'm like you know what i should stop running <laughs> that's what i want to do when i encounter pain i think i think i've been on a run with you like that i think you more. have too yeah. it was pretty ugly um but i think that's that's what i know that's what i grew up understanding about pain and since this, since the lord has taken me on this journey of telling me about who I am. He's, in, he's been reteaching me about pain and brokenness. And he's been showing me that I'm fully capable of relying on his strength in the middle of my pain and brokenness to do what he's asking me to do to become the woman that I want to become. And that pain and brokenness are, are more like my friends who will actually help me Walk as he walked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I I have this new definition from a good friend, Ethan, who will show up here on the podcast, uh, of one of the things that we do in like our primary life as a disciple uh, is really two things we'll talk about. Um, one is reversing oppression through sacrificial love. And the other is making disciples who live in love like Jesus did. And if that's, if that's the goal for us is to live in love like Jesus did, um, we walk through pain and that pain actually is part of the transforming process. And like, it's not necessarily the pain that transforms us. It's that connection we develop with Christ as we walk through it with him. Uh, one last endurance story, just so everybody can realize I'm a junkie. Um, My wife is the one who actually got me to start doing endurance stuff. And the first marathon we did together, um, now this was probably dumb. Uh, We were actually experiencing bad pain during the marathon. Both of us had injuries. Uh, Both of us had IT band problems. And uh, they were acting up very early on in the marathon. But we were both stubborn and we had decided we were going to finish this thing. And so, especially the last five, six miles of the marathon, like every single right step hurt. And my wife and I kept encouraging each other to keep going. And we did. And I've never pushed through such pain in my life. I did not even know I was capable of that. And when we crossed the finish line, I remember looking at my wife. We'd only been married about, uh, let's see, uh, four months at that point. I looked at her and I realized we can do anything together. Like we had, we had just pushed through such intense pain and one, I was so glad to be done with the marathon, but two, I was so glad to be married to the woman I was because it was like we looked at each other and we're like, we just did that. And that was such a great way to start marriage. And I've looked at my wife so many times since as we've gone through tough seasons and had to work through hard things. And I've realized we can go through anything together. And we learn to push ourselves in a different way. And we, we experience an intimacy by going through that together. And like you said, we get to experience an intimacy with the Lord. And as we go through pain and hard things with him, we start to realize, we look at the father and say, you know what? I can go through anything if he's by my side. And we know that he is there, even if we can't feel him. And I think that's so much of what he wants for us. And and for you guys, as you prepare to go on the race, I want you to know, and I want to be very upfront with you, like, We want you to experience pain on the world race. We don't want to hurt you. We're not going to intentionally cause pain through neglect or anything like that. But we realize pain is part of the process. And so we want to put you in situations where you do feel at the end of yourself. Because at the end of yourself is the only place you actually learn to depend on the Lord. And we want to put you in situations where you experience the pain that other people experience. And you you live their lifestyle, and you see what hardship they go through, and it impacts you. And instead of, instead of wanting to run from that, and instead of blaming people, and instead of saying like, oh, I just thought this was going to be easier, or I expected that every day would be fun and glamorous. When things get hard, we want you to have the perspective that pain is a beautiful place to meet the Lord and walk with Him so that we can become the men and women that we were supposed to be. Ash, any last words for the racers as we get ready to sign off here?
1: I don't think I have anything, Bill. I'm excited. I think the race, I think it's a lot like what Jesus says. Like he said, don't go hunting out. Don't go hunting trouble. It's going to come because you're a part of the world. And I think that's what I love about the race is we're not going to put you through a scenario and be like, well, if you go to this ministry host, you're going to get broken or this country's really hard. Like you're going to go live your life for a year. And you're going to live it in another country. And within that, you're going to encounter stuff within yourself and within the world that's going to break your heart. And it's in that place of brokenness that we're asking you to look up at the Father and say, what are you teaching me? Because I want to be a part of this. And I think that to me is what the race is about. It's about the Lord facilitating everyone, all of His kids, to look more like Him. Um, And I think just because we're going to spread the gospel or um, doesn't mean that Jesus isn't going to change us. I think that's when the crazy transformation happens.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: And if we're going to become
0: the church that it talks about in the New Testament, that, that actually brings about some real change in this world, and that takes a stand against the devil, um, and that changes the lives of the people around us, we're going to have to develop some resilience. We're going to have to develop some grit and perseverance. And the only way that stuff's going to come is by pushing through pain and walking through it with him. So uh, we believe in you guys. We really look forward to the opportunity to walk this journey with you. Have a great week.